sorry I don't love you A fresh I've grown accustomed to Cause with you if something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is back this week, and we are talking all about Facebook today with a brand new guest, Jake Bryant. Jake, how are you doing? I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners since this is your first time on the podcast. I know you do quite a few different things. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm realizing, actually, I realized today that I'm one of those people that's like a jack of all trades now. And I never really considered myself that, but it's a weird sort of turn of events in my life. But uh, my name is Jake Bryant. I am a serial entrepreneur. I'm a, an audio engineer. I'm a designer. I'm in a band called Cinema Century. I'm the singer and uh, the songwriter for that band. Um, and I've done a lot of cool things in the past few years, like touring with bands like Sleeping with Sirens, uh, We Came as Romans, The Devil Wears Prada. I went on Soundwave and played with bands like Jimmy Eat World, Panic at the Disco, and uh, some pretty cool stuff like that. I was signed to Rise Records um, with my previous band. And uh, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I really am becoming a, uh, a jack of all trades, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that seems fairly common now in the music industry, too, especially with the DIY scenes and everything. It's like people aren't just focusing their attention in one area anymore. It's like people will run a label and manage bands and do PR and do something else. So it, it definitely makes sense with how the music industry is today. But we are going to be talking about Facebook today. So since we are doing that, I just want to start off with how we use Facebook. Because for me, Facebook almost feels like one of those necessary evils. And I'm sure maybe you feel somewhat similar being in a band and everything. It's like you sort of have to have well, you don't really have to if you don't want to, but it's sort of expected that if you have a label or a podcast or anything like that, of which I have both of those and a music <laughs> website on top of that or more of a pop, pop culture website now, and you kind of have to not neglect Facebook just yet, in my opinion. And I mostly use Facebook, one, to post on all of those pages. I think yesterday was the first time I had posted on my personal Facebook page in quite a while because I just haven't felt super inclined to do that lately. But this podcast is actually now available on Spotify, and that's the reason I posted to my personal Facebook account. Nice. So I usually just use my Facebook account to message people, post to the pages that I manage and post in groups that I'm a part of. What is your experience like with or relationship with Facebook like right now? Um, with Facebook specifically, I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on on how really how awful it is. I grew up in the in the MySpace era. So I think I see it even more clearly how awful Facebook is because I I lived in a time of social networking that was beautiful and a little crazy but and messy but it was it was uh it was much more interesting and much more about art most people that i know who are in bands i hear them say all the time if i wasn't in a band i wouldn't even have social media right 
You know, I, I think I would have to agree with them on, on some level. And, and the thing is with, with uh, platforms like Facebook, they, uh, they are actively trying to take up as much time of your life as they possibly can. Uh, and it's crazy to see some of the former presidents and former executives at Facebook coming out talking about this. Uh, that they knew the whole time what they were doing. I mean, they hire psychologists to to understand more deeply, you know, what what things can we manipulate of the human psyche to, you know, push our agenda or to make more money for our advertisers. And uh, I don't, I mean, MySpace back in the day, it had advertisements, but it just felt different. You know, maybe yeah. I'm a pretty nostalgic person, but uh, it, it felt different, uh, at least before the end there. Um, but yeah, Facebook is, is one of those. You're right. It's a necessary evil right now, uh, even though I've definitely taken a huge step back from using it. Um, it is necessary. I mean, messaging people is it truly is like I still have Messenger uh, and I'm probably one of the most. Uh, out there when it comes to being against Facebook, but it just, it's useful. And, and that's their strategy is to become so useful and ingrained in your life that deleting it would be a huge inconvenience. Um, you know, there's other platforms, there's Twitter and Instagram, uh, Snapchat, which are gaining a lot of, you know, and Twitter has been a, around for a long time, but that has its, its own problems. But yeah, it really is this, sort of necessary evil for now until something better comes along that isn't just a photo sharing app or a 240 character sort of tweet thing. Uh, Facebook is really the only one that is that is a robust social network. Yeah, Facebook is definitely the most multi-purpose one as far as the rest of those go, because Instagram obviously specializes in photos and Twitter, you have the limited amount of space to work with. And even though they bumped it up recently, it's you know still fairly small in comparison to the novels you see people writing on Facebook and everything like that. But for me, you know, I actually deleted the Facebook app off of my phone because it felt like it was just like eating the battery pretty much. And oh, I yeah. do have Messenger on my home screen, but I recently moved some stuff over to Slack. So I might not even totally need Facebook Messenger on at least my homepage on my phone. So I'm sure, you know, my home screen there will be getting a redo sometime here here in the yeah. near near future so it's one of those things where at times it's really useful like just having the messenger app alone it wasn't nearly as bad as doing stuff through the facebook app but even the pages app the page manager app i'm just like why does this exist why not just let me sort of do these things in one app if I really want to because when you're on Facebook on the web it's like everything's just right there but on your phone or iPad or what have you it's like you have three different apps for these things and it's it's a yeah. bit much for the mobile experience in my opinion and I don't know if I will totally give up Facebook anytime soon because like I mentioned I have the podcast I have the website and the record label and everything and I have pages for that and I have other pages that I technically manage too because I 
work as an editor for a Spider-Man website and all of their websites are on Facebook. So I can't really just abandon Facebook because I have like a responsibility to that company to keep posting on the site's Facebook page and everything like that. So totally. yeah, it's definitely a necessary evil type of thing. And well, how, I have a question for you. How well does Facebook work for all those companies? Do you feel frustrated with the way that, I mean, here's a frustration of mine and, and you let me know if it's the same frustration for you. I think one of the grossest things that, uh, that Facebook does, especially for bands who are, notoriously extremely broke i mean broke artists you know um they they get you to cultivate this audience and uh you know share your page and get people to like your band page and then once you have that following they say okay well now you have to pay to reach those people that you just worked your butt off of you know your your butt off to get them to come over to your page in the first place, which is hard enough, you know? So the fact that I have to, for my band, I have to, um, you know, sort of boost my posts every time for three more likes, you know, like $5 and it reaches my mom, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's ridiculous. And just the grossest thing you could do, you know, it's like, I'm already giving you all of my information and you're already putting ads in front of me and now i have to pay more money to boost my posts to people who have already liked my page it just seems totally just wrong yeah i definitely agree with you and i don't think i've really given facebook too terribly much money because after doing you know the first few five to ten dollar ads on Facebook and whatnot to boost the posts and everything, it's like, okay, is this even worth one my money and two my time to go in there and set everything up with you know the demographic information and everything so that you're actually yeah. hitting the targets you want to hit and so my solution for that really was to especially for the record label, I just talked to the bands and Elephant Jake, one of the bands I've more recently worked with, they've been great with this. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to post it to the label Facebook page around this time. If you guys share that post, more people will see it because they'll be like, oh, you know, these accounts all shared the same post. And I've noticed that things like that tend to get more attention on the newsfeed without having to put a bunch of money into it. And the band has done their own promotion because I don't go around telling bands like, oh, hey, you can't do this. And if they want to mm. spend their own money on that, that is totally their decision. But for me, it was just something I gave up on fairly quickly. And, you know, the podcast it maybe only has 50 likes on Facebook or something. I don't even know what the actual number is. So it never really reaches too many people. But the thing is, when I have guests on, they'll usually share the post or at least share the same link so that it's creating that same effect in the newsfeed. And that's something that's helpful because then, you know, their friends and family are seeing it as well. And if they like it, it gives it that little extra boost. So it's more about how you can get people to engage with your posts and I think just getting that engagement and having a few people share the post is 
way better than paying to boost a post. So if you have people, you can ask even to just, you know, share the post for you, whether it's, you know, like you said, your mom or something like that, just (laughs) getting anyone to share it. I think it helps with the algorithm in the newsfeed and everything. But then it's like, who really knows how any of these algorithms work? Because sometimes on Instagram, I'm like, didn't I just see this? Or I'll see something and it's like, hey, check out the show tonight. And I get all excited. And then I see that the post was from like, a week ago. And I'm like, this isn't helpful at all, Instagram. Yeah, it's a total mess when it comes to the algorithms. I think that uh, as much as they are necessary, because they've actually seen a huge boost in their engagement. I mean, when you think about it, people add so many friends, you know, and then there's apps that are coming out now that are like, we have a chronological feed. It's like, okay, well, that that will be cool for like a few months or a year but you're going to fall into the same exact problem that these other platforms have. And, and I'm working on a solution, actually. Uh, I haven't been able to really you know, say too much about it, but um, I, I think it's, it's going to be really cool. And you know, anytime you build something like I'm building, it requires a lot of money. <laughs> it's, I think it, the, the altruistic goal behind it is, uh, is important. I mean, some of the things that we're going to be focusing on is, you know, the mental health of social networking and not only the mental health and and the experience for the user, but also like we've been talking about the last, you know, five to 10 minutes is, is it's, it's so complicated to reach anyone with your product or, you know, with your message. Um, you know, you, you have to spend all this money to, you know, to boost your post or you have to do all this legwork you know, social networking is supposed to make a business's job easier, you know, but lately it's been getting harder and harder and you have to use so many apps. I mean, you have to build a Squarespace website and that's a cost and it costs monthly or annually. And then not only that, but then you have to try and, well, well, first off, you have to buy, you know, the domain name, you have to set up the Squarespace site you have to figure out how to make a good squarespace site which is not as easy as they make it sound <laughs> and then you're and then okay let's say you have this really cool domain and you have this awesome website okay well zero people are on there you know you have to do the legwork of okay and now i have to make people migrate from their organic experience of being on facebook and scrolling through and then having them click on a link, sometimes it just opens up Facebook's web browser that is like not really a web browser. And if you swipe out the wrong way, you know, you're totally out of the website. Nobody's coming back there. You know, it, it's the same thing for Instagram. Instagram's worse. I mean, you have to get people to, you know, say link in bio, they have to read that. Yeah. And they have to go over to your Instagram and, you know, go to your profile then click on a link and then it brings it up in the Instagram web browser, which is not, once again, not a full browser, their little browser. And, you know, let's say you're selling a product, then you're making that person do all those steps just to get to your website. And then let's say now that you're, they're on your website, you have these products that you want to sell. They have to click on that product. They have to buy it. And, the way they have to buy it, of course, is put in all this information that they, you know, let's say they buy three products that day. They have to 
put in their information for every website. And let's say, oops, I swiped the wrong way on the Instagram web browser, and then it totally disappears. So that person is now going to say, do I really want it that bad? You know, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, these, these platforms don't work. Obviously they do, but I think that they, there's, there's a, there's a void there that needs to be filled for both businesses and users. Uh, and I just think that most platforms don't think that it's possible to have this, um, this mutually beneficial situation. It, it feels like they are thinking it only has to be gross to advertise. It only has to be shoved down people's throats. And, uh, and I think I have, you know, some cool ideas on, on how to make it both beneficial for the user and for, uh, the business that's promoting the product. But one thing is for sure, people should be, people should have the freedom to see what they want to see when they want to see it. And I think that that, you know, not only that, there's two major problems I think with the platforms right now, and that's, they can't see what they want to see when they want to see it and their information's not secure. Yeah. And one of the things too is you get all these likes on your pages and everything like that. And then you go see how many people a post has reached. And oftentimes it's like 1% of the people who mm -hmm. like the page or something like that. And it's really frustrating that you've put all of this work into it. And I know on Instagram, there's a workaround because you can get notifications when someone puts up a new post. But it's like recently I was at WonderCon and so I grabbed business cards for a bunch of the artists whose work I enjoyed. And it's like I'm not going to go get notifications for the hundreds of people I follow because my phone would just be blowing up nonstop with Instagram post notifications and I'm not going to be checking Instagram every minute of the day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and that's the thing is where it comes into that's that's where it becomes an even bigger mental health issue because i mean there's been studies out there that have conclusively said that people are more depressed people who are on facebook are more depressed or people who are on social media at all more often are usually more depressed and i think that there's there's a reason for that and uh i i think it's just a huge huge wound in our society right now. Um, I mean, for example, my little brother just went through sort of his, uh, his first crisis as a teenager. His, one of his really good friends actually committed suicide. Uh, and the last thing that he did before he committed suicide was Snapchat 12 people, uh, 12 of his friends saying, I'm having suicidal thoughts. And the saddest thing is, is, is none of them replied. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe one said me too, but the thing is, is that these platforms don't put the user's mental health first. I'm not right. saying that that Snapchat is, you know, basically all of them are saying that they are neutral, but I don't think that that's enough. I don't think that a platform can just be neutral. It has to be a force for good. It has to encourage people to live healthy lives. Otherwise, who are you helping? You know, I mean, you look at Twitter and Twitter's whole platform is built on people jumping into other people's conversations. Uh, and 
that's not how society works. You know, like you don't, if you don't trust someone, uh, and all of the conversation is public, you're not acting the same as you would, uh, in, in real life. And I think that that's why you see the community of Twitter just completely tanking right now. I mean, there, anytime you tweet something, there is some random person you've never met with 25 followers saying that you're a Nazi <laughs> or that you're, I don't know, just whatever hot button issue you decide to take on that day or they decide to take on that day. And, and, uh, and also the, the insane availability of your profile on Twitter. Uh, you know, I am, I've, uh, at my church, they have had some teens actually within the youth group, uh, you know, creating these fake Twitter accounts and blowing up this other person, this other teen in the youth group's Twitter account, calling them like awful names. And um, I'm just like, man, there should be a better, more secure way for you to say, I don't want people to contact me that I don't want to contact me. Right. And I know that you can always put your profile as private, um, but I believe that they can still mention you uh, on Twitter. And I just think that Twitter is just it's just not good. And not only Twitter, but comments in general. I mean, can you name one time where comments truly and, and I'm asking, you know, for your honest opinion. I mean, have you ever had a comment do anything but be just OK? Like, has it really helped your life to have comments? I mean, comments, to me anyway, comments have always just been superficial. They're appreciated, but I would much rather get a message from someone than a comment. And right. comments seem to be the, uh, the foundation of cyberbullying and arguments. Yeah, personally, comments, especially on websites is just something I it's just something I don't enjoy at all because people get a little crazy in the comments it's like you write something about sports and no matter what you write if it's good if it's not whatever someone is going to not like it and it's one of those things where you know I'm part of the chorus forums the chorus fm forums and you know, I kind of stay away from the music forums, not going to lie. I do not go to the Chorus FM forums for the music forum, which is probably why a lot of people go there. But I'll be in, you know, the comic book thread or the movie thread or more of the pop culture stuff that doesn't involve music or sports, because it seems like fans of music and sports teams can be some of the most intense fans. And even though I love music and various sports it's like i don't get that aspect of the fan culture at all i'm like why are you guys being <laughs> this crazy about this stuff because it in the end like it doesn't matter <laughs> you know it one team has right. to win the nba finals and all right. of those other teams fans aren't going to get to celebrate like this happens every year it's nothing new yeah yeah totally and uh i mean you think about it especially the politics. I mean, when it gets to politics, it's just, it's truly comments to me, in my opinion, are the worst form of communication that human beings have ever created. I mean, you think about it, 
when you uh, let's say that me and my friend uh, were hanging out and we were in front of a ton of people and they were all listening uh, to us talk. And I say, oh, dude, you really smell today. He's going to be like, F you, dude. Why would you say that in front of all these people? You know, and uh, that's what a comment is, because all these people can see that person's shame. And that's the quickest way for someone to immediately get offensive and defensive and to completely turn off their brain from thinking. And they're just trying to save face rather than hear you out. Now, let's take that situation a different way and say that me and my friend were just sitting and hanging out and nobody was there. I said, hey, man, you kind of smell today. He'd probably be like, oh, yeah, I probably need to take a shower, huh? <laughs> you know, and that's that would be the end of it. And the problem is when you take that to a more serious topic like like abortion or you know, whatever insane topic that we have going on in the world today, how many people's minds have truly been changed through comments? Zero. I can, I can honestly guess zero. And I would bet a lot of money on that. You know, I think that people's minds are changed through conversation with people that they trust or people that are willing to sort of be vulnerable within a message rather than in comments they're just there for the audience you know yeah plus the fact that facebook owns instagram now too i feel like that's something where there can be a lot of speculation surrounding those two platforms because then you can go down that rabbit hole of well, what would Instagram be like today if Facebook didn't own them? What if, you know, Apple owned them or Google or some other tech company? Or maybe what if they never sold in the first place? And, you know, that that is something that people could probably speculate about all day long. And it's just one of those things, too, where social media has sort of fostered this expectation that people are going to respond right away to any message you send, whether it's a text, a Facebook message, a tweet, or like you said, your brother's friend's Snapchat, you know, and that is something that is certainly a tragedy when those things happen because, you know, he was probably sitting there waiting for those 12 people to respond right away and they didn't and you get this tragic outcome because, people have built up these expectations so much that are just pretty unrealistic because even those of us who are on social media all the time, and admittedly I am because I'm either doing the website stuff, promoting the podcast or something for the label or what have you, I'm on it a lot. And it's one of those things where even I don't reply to everyone right away. Sometimes I'll see a message come in, but I'm in the middle of doing something else. So I wait and I respond when I'm done with whatever I'm in the middle of. And for some people, you know, that is not a fast enough response. And I'll say that, you know, a lot of my friends are really good at not expecting responses right away. But I feel like as we've gotten older, that's something that's sort of like, okay, maybe we don't need to be you know, this plugged in all the time. And even if we are, we don't need to respond to everything a second after it's sent to us. Yeah, well, that's what I loved about MySpace, you know, like MySpace. And the, and the huge difference there is that, 
MySpace wasn't really mobile. Right. Um, so it was like this, I don't know, you never hear about people saying how awful MySpace was for people's health, you know? And I mean, maybe because it was so new or maybe because it we didn't have it on us all the time, but there was something special about MySpace and I think it's completely missing right now um, from the current landscape. I mean, the fact that Facebook is... Facebook literally still looks like it's like 2008. You know, I'm just like, it's still blue and white boxes, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think there is something special to being able to express yourself. Um, and yeah, I mean, Instagram and Facebook being connected, it's, it sucks. It sucks really bad because Instagram before, before Facebook owned it, it was incredible. You know, it really was incredible. Uh, it was a phenomenon, you know, like people were, I mean, it was the biggest app ever. And uh, it's such a simple idea, but sometimes that's all that it needs to be for people to be able to express themselves. And I think just the, the pure mental health of what's going on is, is really the thing that worries me. I mean, it's, we have got to strike a better balance. And, uh, and I don't think it's just using it less. I think that's like saying I just have to do less cocaine. You know, it's not like, you know, I, I, you have to find a healthy alternative altogether. Um, you know, eating less McDonald's is good, but it doesn't fix it if it's still something that you have to eat on a weekly basis. So I think there needs to be a healthier alternative out there. I think that that healthier alternative can also be more beneficial. I mean, you look at Chipotle, you know, compared to McDonald's, Chipotle is an amazing alternative. I mean, their tagline is food with integrity. And yet you get more food for the same amount of money and it's healthier for you. I just think that that's anything's possible. You know, if, if like uh, Elon Musk is doing all that he's doing, <laughs> And it's, he's like this, um, you know, inspiring guy who seems to be completely honest and altruistic with his goals and has always been able to create a business that is good for the world while also being good for people uh, and good for business. I think, you know, there has to be a way for these social media outlets to be, to be better for us and not just using us. Yeah. And before we wrap things up here, there are a couple specific things that I want to mention here. I recently listened to the DigiDay podcast and Recode's Kara Swisher was on to talk about how Facebook only pretends to care about the media. And I think that is something that people should definitely go listen to because one, Kara Swisher is a fantastic podcast host. She has her own podcast, Recode Decode. And She's always talking about media and tech and everything like that. But the thing is, you know, we're giving our perspective as consumers. And yes, we do post to pages and things like that. But 
you know, Recode is a big publisher. So it's interesting to get her take on that and Facebook's relationship with, you know, these bigger media platforms and everything like that. So if anyone wants to listen to that, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But the other big thing was the Cambridge Analytica scandal, which has been in the news for, I want to say, at least a couple weeks now, by the time we're recording this on April 5th, I have no idea when you will all be listening to it. But it's been a couple weeks already where this has been talked about. And I'm going to link to an article from Vox that sort of just explains it all way more simply than I feel like a lot of people were because I listened to a number of podcasts that went over this and I was like, okay, this is a lot to take in. So they have these nice little visual aids for you to figure it out. And basically, 50 million Facebook users had their data exposed by Facebook themselves. And it was sent to a political consulting firm, which is Cambridge Analytica, and they were working on the Trump campaign. So obviously, this is something that's going to anger a lot of people and more so people who didn't vote for Trump. So it's one of those things where Facebook is losing a lot of trust in people, and people already didn't trust Facebook quite as much as they trust other companies. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, from the start, Facebook has had controversy around it. I mean, literally from the beginning, and um, I don't I don't think it's going to end. You know, I don't think that their controversy is going to end because I think that who they are, their worldview, what they believe uh integrity is is fundamentally flawed i mean i think that i don't know mark zuckerberg but i can only see from the things that he's done and the way that he's treated people's privacy and um i can only say that it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better when it comes to facebook as a company i think that their number one goal is to take over the world and be um the the most used site and app ever uh which you know isn't in and of itself wrong but the way that sometimes when you when you are trying to do something that big uh, it's really hard to not take the power and run with it you know um but truly i mean if you look at the history of facebook it has always been a source of controversy and a source of wariness for people uh, about their data, about their mental health, um, you know, since day one. So I think that this whole Cambridge Analytica thing is is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, they've been doing this for years. And uh, if you look more into it, they've done it with the Obama administration. They did it with, you know, a lot of huge political uh, hot button issues, you know. Um, so I think that we just have to be more, uh, more aware of what these platforms are doing with our data, of course, but also what they're doing to our mental health and, uh, and also, um, sort of keep them accountable. And I think that that's, that's what you're seeing with the hashtag delete Facebook campaign, uh, which I, I totally agree with. And I hope that someday I can be a part of (laughs) Yeah, and Mark Zuckerberg actually did a podcast with Ezra Klein, which I will also link to in this because that's just a 
good chance to listen to his responses to these questions that not only Ezra Klein has, but plenty of other people have for him, too, because there are a lot of people who are thinking the same thing about this situation and the scandal and everything. So it's definitely an interesting listen. And, you know, don't feel the need to listen to it if you don't want to. It's just a suggestion and it'll be in the show notes. But is there anything else that you want to talk about with talk about regarding Facebook specifically before we wrap this up? I don't really think so. I think I think I said it pretty well when it comes to Facebook about their uh, about the lack of integrity uh, there, and and that and the CEO is the spearhead of all that. Um, so I really feel like it's great that we are um, you know we're trying to get answers from the man himself. Uh, but I would love to say if if anybody listening to this is uh, is interested in making something better because you know when when facebook eventually deconstructs there will need to be something there to fill that void and uh and i believe i have some pretty interesting ideas on how to do that so if anybody listening wants to be a part of it please contact me uh you can email me at imjakebryant at gmail.com or you can yeah let's just go with that emails emails good Let's stay away from the other platforms. <laughs> but I wanted to say thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. And you are certainly welcome to come back on anytime you want. And, you know, email is definitely another necessary evil, but it's it's a much nicer one, I would say. It's just it's just so much easier to not get your identity wrapped up in it. And also, once again, it's private. And I think that that's a huge, huge thing going back to the comments. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I, hopefully next time I'm on, I'll have something more substantial as far as concrete things that I can, I can disclose about what I'm working on. But I, I think that, I think that you're really going to like it. I'll actually, I'll actually, after we get off the call, I'll, I'll send you some stuff and, uh, and see what you think. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for coming on. And to our listeners, as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.